When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The draft, which is always one of the most celebrated events of the NFL calendar. It is always amazing to me. The numbers for this, 10 million people are watching. It dwarfs the ratings for NBA and MLB playoff games because football is king. But how about this, Mike? Aaron Rodgers threatens to hijack the entire proceedings with the fact he's upset with the Green Bay Packers and wants out. Before we get to that and some of the other surprises of the night, how about the introduction? I saw you tweeting, they must have set records. The longest, the most dragged out introduction. We're waiting all year for this and we couldn't even get the picks going until like 8.23. Let's go. I mean, it's unbelievable. Look, I get it. It's 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 an event. I understand that. But like, God damn it. I mean, does that Jacksonville need 10 minutes on the clock, Right. I mean, the, the whole intrigue came down to really the Lance and Mac Jones pick. But do we really need all that time on the clock? Do we need, I mean, at least they didn't try to make us cry. Now, they'll probably make us cry today. But, I mean, it's like, you know, look, it, it, it's, a, it's a great event. It's a lot of fun for the kids. And, uh, but, I mean, at 8 o'clock, let's start the goddamn thing. I mean, that thing didn't get over until midnight, you know? And you're going to lose your audience. You know, you're, you know, people ain't staying awake for it all the way to the end, especially if your team's already picked. So I think if they could just kind of get it, if, if it says, like Uncle Junior says, if you're going to be somewhere, be somewhere. If you say it starts at eight, be somewhere at eight, right? Yeah, I completely agree. I was trying to watch it towards the end there going, all right, is it really that critical to my life to see who Tampa Bay is going to draft? Like once you get to like the 28s and 30s, like I said, unless it's your team or there's some intrigue, you're not going to hang with it. Whereas if it starts right at eight and it's wrapping up at 1130, Blah, blah, blah. Bottom line is this. We'll get to the picks in just a second, but let's talk about Aaron Rodgers because this was a bombshell which came down. A part of it is surprising, Mike, just in that he's been such an incredible quarterback and he wants out, but a lot of it is unsurprising. We've known for years the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are not on the same page. We knew last year he wasn't happy when they traded up to get Jordan Love and didn't tell him about it. So the story coming out now that Aaron Rodgers has told some members of the Packers organization, and this is coming from Adam Schefter, that he does not want to return to the team. And several high-ranking officials have reached out to him, and he says, no, I'm good. I want to move on. Now, Packers general manager Brian Goodquinst said Wednesday Rodgers will be, quote, our quarterback for the foreseeable future, but Rodgers apparently has other plans in mind. What's the likelihood, Mike, Aaron Rodgers ends up being a Packer again? You know, I think the Packers have to dig their heels in and say, look, we're not trading this dude. 
I mean, we we can't. I mean, they got to figure out a way to clean this up and make make nice. I mean, they got to have a sit down. Maybe they do it in that in that cold. Remember, they did that one in the Sopranos. Remember where where Butchie and and uh, Tony and and Sill they all went there and they sat down. No, no, Sill wasn't in it. It was Polly with them there, and it was freezing cold. They had the waters over there, <laughs> and they kind of organized it. Remember that? That's what they need. They need a right. sit down. They need a sit down, and they and they don't need. Uh, they they don't need any mediator in there. They need to sit down. I mean, look, look, this is I think, and I've been saying this for two years now, and I tell Big Daddy Vince all the time that the guy that really runs the Packers is Mark Murphy, the president, and he runs it as if he is the owner, which he is. He has no one overseeing him, and he thinks that you know he can do whatever he wants in the football operation. And I defended him when they took Jordan Love last year. But they had a call. They should have called Aaron Rodgers and given him the respect that he deserves as an institutional player there, as a franchise player there, as somebody who's made that franchise a lot of money, a lot of money. See, I think that's really what happens most of the time. Ad is when you have a player of the magnitude of Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Let, let's just take Tom Brady as an example. Tom Brady, you know, Robert Kraft buys the Patriots for let's say 150 million dollars, and now it's worth. $4 billion, right? Well, a lot of that worth, I mean, you could say, well, Kraft, you know, developed the team and all that, but that value of the franchise, that value of the franchise increased because of the head coach and the quarterback and the winning, right? The organization that won. There's a, there's a, there's a, a connection there. Well, when you don't have an owner of your team that, that can appreciate what this man has done to put the money in your pocket, there, you've lost all sense of reality. And Murphy just thinks that he can behave in any way he wants to behave, do whatever he wants to do without respecting the guy that he wants. And this respect started before, before he didn't tell him about Jordan Love. It started with hiring Matt LaFleur. Because if you got Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, and you know he's an older player who is very set in his ways, you need to hire a coach who's going to come in there and be able to challenge him with the respect that the coach brings to the table. Let's just look at the 76ers, okay? You know, Brett Brown's a great guy. Brett Brown's tremendous. He's a great human being, but he couldn't take, he didn't have enough cachet or enough stature to be able to take on Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and really could put them in their place. He didn't. He just didn't have enough of it, right? They respect, they liked him, but did they? he didn't have enough command over him. But they bring Doc Rivers in, and all of a sudden, it's a different ballgame. Now, all of a sudden, they're all compliant to Doc because Doc comes in with stature. He's got PR. He can control the media. The media believes in him, right? That goes a long way to talking about players. So they hire LaFleur, this unknown coach who comes in and doesn't have the cachet to say, hey, Aaron, I've won three goddamn Super Bowls, and this is what we had to do to do it. I've coached John Elway, and this is what I got Elway to do. They didn't do that. And I think that started the disrespect. Why didn't they do that, AD? They didn't do that because Murphy wants to run the team. You think Murphy's going to hire Mike Shanahan and say, hey, Mike, here's what I want you to do. Shanahan's going to tell him, go fuck yourself. (laughs) You know, he's going to say, fuck that. Right. Yeah, Murph, go back to being the AD at Northwestern, please. Go back to being the AD at North. Oh, go back to Colgate. Go be that AD. You're like, you're not running the athletic department here, okay? Like, I know you played in the NFL, but you're not running my team. You know, 
You might run North Jersey, but you don't run Uncle Jude. <laughs> that's basically what he needed, what he would say. That's that's the disconnect, AD. That's where it all starts. It all starts with LaFleur, the disrespect. You needed to hire a guy. I said it at the time. Hire Mike Shanahan as the head coach. Watch you watch Aaron Rodgers come in the line. People don't understand that. Oh, we're gonna hire the bright young coach. Not when you have a 36-year-old quarterback who thinks he knows everything about football. Yeah, and this is the problem, like you said, this disconnect, which has gotten deeper and deeper and more and more frustrating. And if you look at money, the Packers have offered to extend his contract. According to ESPN, his contract contained a $6.8 million roster bonus due in March, could have been converted into a signing bonus, would have freed up more than $4.5 million in salary cap space. But you said this at the end of the year. When, when, when the Packers lost and you said, he goes, hey, I don't want my future holds. You're like, they got to pay him. What he's saying is pay me. Give me a lot more money. Let's go. Like, here's the thing. For people to think, how can they fix the situation? I think it's fairly straightforward. Pay him a ton more money. Trade Jordan Love, right? Maybe he's going to say, hey, listen, you guys trade up to get this guy, and I'm not going anywhere. So get him out of here. I don't want him looking over my back. And, oh, get me some receivers and O-line help and whatever. Like, if you give him a ton of money and trade Jordan Love, you bet your ass I think Aaron Rodgers goes, okay, fine. But if you don't do what I'm going to say, I don't want to be here. His, his wish list of the 49ers, the Raiders, the Broncos, I mean, the Packers, I'm with you. They got to dig in their heels, but they got to figure this out. And they cannot take this lightly. This guy's too important to everything involving Green Bay. And he's made enough money. You just say, fuck, I'll go do Jeopardy. Like, seriously, <laughs> like you're not going to threaten me. I'll just do Jeopardy. I'll, I'll be the host of Jeopardy. I'll make, you know, I'm, I may not make, you know, look, and, and you could say, well, he signed a contract. No, I mean, Dak Prescott's making $40 million. Dak Prescott's making about $7 million a year over him. Over three years, that's $21 million. Like, that's a lot of change. That's a lot of scratch. We need to revisit this deal. You know, like, remember when Mikey Palmese went in there and started kicking that car game around? Who's, who's, who are you paying for this game? You know, there's new rules. Uncle Junior's got new rules. There's new rules when these contracts come in, right? There are new rules. And you got to figure it out. You got to, as the GM or the president of the team, you got to say, look, once that Dak Prescott deal, let's go talk to, let's talk to him about doing a deal. You could say, well, you can't really do it. Let's, you know why you have to go talk to him about doing a deal? Because the guy has made the franchise billions of dollars. That's why you got to go talk to him about a deal. This isn't a corner that we're talking about. This isn't some receiver we're talking about. Look, I think Devontae Adams is a great player, and I think he's tremendous, and I would readjust his contract based on the market, but he isn't the reason why the franchise value is going up. Okay. The reason a franchise value goes up is because the guy under center makes you win. The head coach helps you win. That's when the value of the franchise goes up. That's why these owners all have yachts now because they're winning and the, and the value of their franchise goes up. If they weren't winning as much, they wouldn't be as popular. Why do you think there's a whole, I mean, the Cowboys are the, what the worth the most. They're America's team, the Patriots it's winning. Brady put billions in the pocket. He's entitled to having a conversation. Rodgers, because there's no bottom line in Green Bay, because there's no owner, there's nobody saying to him, hey, man, this guy's made me a lot of money. I owe it to him. What do you think Andrew Luck, when he walked away from the game, that, that, Bob, that, that Jimmy Ursay said, no, I don't, you don't pay me back my money on the, on the rock. He doesn't want it back. He made him a ton of money. He, Jim Ursay got it. He gets it. His, the value is in his franchise. This is what I've never understood about the players. They, they all, in the collective bargaining agreement, they all want this, they all want that. But what they've never really figured out is the value of these franchises as they go up. They've helped those franchises go up. 
There's got to be some form of profit sharing in this. And the only way you can do profit sharing the right way is to readjust the contracts. See what happens. But obviously, Aaron Rodgers is not happy. And it's a serious situation brewing. We'll continue to cover it here in the GM Shuffle. I don't think he's getting traded imminently. I mean, at least Gunquins is saying he's not going anywhere. But we'll see because I'm sure the story is going to be dragging out. Now, to the draft itself. Obviously, we know Lawrence is going number one, Zach Wilson number two. First big surprise of the night, number three. You and I thought it would be Mac Jones. Some people were saying Justin Fields. You did say watch out for Trey Lance, and that's who it was. The 49ers moved up to the third pick of the draft, expensive trade, because they wanted their guy, and they went with Trey Lance. 17-game sample at FCS Powerhouse, North Dakota State. But the Niners think he's got more upside than anybody. Um, this is a bold choice, I think, for the 49ers. When you move up from number 12 to number three, Jimmy Garoppolo is still lingering there. But this is the highest a team has drafted a quarterback one season removed from a Super Bowl appearance in NFL history. The Green Bay Packers cho- uh, chose Don Horn, number 25, in 1967. Your thoughts, Mike, when you heard Trey Lance to the Niners? I was shocked. I was really, I thought it was Mac Jones all day long. I thought it was Mac Jones. I was being told it was Mac Jones by people, by people that know, uh, and look, you know, I, I think Kyle Shanahan initially wanted Mac Jones. That's what I was told. And I think as he got through the process, they a lot of people in the 49er organization thought Trey Lance. And I think he feels like, in talking to people last night after the pick, that he feels like he needs to change his offense to readjust his offense a little bit. And I think he's taking a huge risk here. I mean, here's a kid from North Dakota State, played, what, 17 games, not a high level of competition. You know, this isn't Patrick Mahomes now where he was playing at Texas Tech and you could see him play against Texas. This is a whole different kind of element going on here. So uh, for me, I mean, it, you gave up two number ones. People say, well, the, the only way they could go up there was to get Trey Lance. They had to do like, let me ask you this question, AD. Was Trey, if Trey Lance didn't go three, where was he going to go? I don't know. I think it could have gone like in the 12s or teens, right? Like, I'm like, he's not a top 10 guy unless the 49ers take him at three. Right. I, I mean, like people said, there's no way they made this move to get tr- to get Mac Jones. You could stay at 15, to, you could stay at 12 to get Mac Jones. That proved to be right, right? But say that they don't, say that the third pick is Miami and they take Chase and it goes, to, they don't make the trade. Do they really, did they have to give up two number ones? Could they have gone to six with Philadelphia and gotten Trey Lance? I'm sure they probably could have. Like, I didn't see this as like, oh my God, this is such a rare, unique athlete, a rare talent that it's the same thing with Mac Jones. You could say the same thing. He wanted to get his guy. He got his guy. Now, now it comes down to how they play. But I don't know if I buy that rhetoric that you had to give up to get Trey Lance, but you didn't have to give it up to get Mac Jones. I don't, I don't know if I buy that rhetoric. Everybody wanted him to go up to get Justin Fields. And I kept telling people, look, the best way to do this is bet. I like Mac Jones. I think they'll pick Mac Jones. But to, but lay your odds off because the odds were too good to not take Trey Lance, at least before yesterday. The odds went out the roof after yesterday. But if you had both of them, you're going to make money. If you had both of them, you're going to make money. Then, but, but make sure you bet that Justin Fields isn't going to go. And then that would have made people money. Justin Fields ended up being not even a top 10 pick. We'll get into that next. Some of the biggest moves and surprises from round one. Don't go anywhere. 
The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So Lawrence Wilson, Trey Lance, and you go Kyle Pitts, great tight end out of Florida, goes to the Falcons, all right, so they want to hang on with Matt Ryan for a few more years, and Pitts appears to be a no-brainer if you say, other than Lawrence, the guy who is the best fit is his position. The Bengals, Jamar Chase, they can't resist getting uh, that receiver to put him with, um, obviously, Joe Burrow, rather than going with Panay Sewell. Jalen Waddle goes to the Dolphins, again, a wide receiver to help out Tua. Sewell, who you and I love, the monster among men, he goes to the Lions, kid out of Oregon, then J.C. Horn, the corner to Carolina, Patrick Sertain the second to Denver, and Philadelphia. I love this move. They get Devontae Smith from Alabama. They tr- the trade with Dallas, and they get in there ahead of the Giants to get Smith. Your thoughts on that top 10, Mike? Well, let's start Cincinnati, right? I was told that, you know, it was Chase or Sewell, and that the owner said to, to the head coach, look, this is going to be your call. You know, you've won six games. I'm going to let you make the call. And the head coach wanted the typically Zach Taylor, who's won six games. I mean, seriously, you're letting Zach Taylor make billion-dollar decisions. You deserve what you get. I think Jamar Chase is a hell of a player, but you got to block somebody in Cincinnati. You know, you got to block somebody. I, I didn't like that. I think, to me, and then the Waddle pick, I, I'm, I was surprised the Waddle pick at six because I thought Miami would have come back at 18 and gotten the other another receiver there. So I would have gone Sewell at, eight, at six if he was available. And then at 18, I would have gone receiver. They went the other way. They went wild. They got a receiver and a defensive lineman. We shall see. And then the Lions did the smart thing. I mean, they get Sewell. I mean, Carolina was hoping Sewell would have made it to them at eight. He just didn't do it. Now, here's where I think the draft got really interesting. Carolina was trying to move out. Nobody was coming. Nobody wanted a Carolina pick, okay? They, they couldn't trade it. Carolina would have gone down. Nobody wanted it. They couldn't do it. They couldn't get Philly to do it. They couldn't get anybody to do it yet. Then Denver, which I think surprised me, it kind of was under the carpet a little bit. Denver was surprising in the sense that Denver, you know, they signed Ronald Darby. They, tr- they signed Kyle Fuller from the Bears. They spend money on two corners. They come back and draft another corner, Sertan. So now the, the Cowboys are out, out of luck. The Cowboys are out of luck. The Eagles make a good deal. They get rid of a pick. They had plenty of picks. They get rid of a pick. They move up two spots. They get the guy that they needed, Devontae Smith. Good pick. Now, here's where I think it gets interesting. The Bears, Ryan Pace sees his opportunity to come up. He pays a, a really good price to get it. Now, whether he's paid too much, 
how Fields plays is really how this pick goes. If, Field, if Fields plays great, he didn't pay enough. If Fields doesn't pay very good, he paid too much. I mean, that's just how it is. You can't evaluate this any other way. It's all about performance-based. You can't say he paid too much. You know, he should have done it because it all comes down to how Fields plays. We shall see. The Cowboys end up getting Parsons, the guy they wanted, at 10, the guy they would have picked at 10, and they end up getting a third-round pick extra after it. And then I think here's what happened, AD. Now, once the Cowboys stayed at 12, you knew the Chargers weren't going to take a quarterback. You knew Minnesota wasn't going to take a quarterback, and New England was sitting there knowing they were going to get Mac Jones. Now, there was a team somewhere in the 20s. Maybe it was, I think it was New Orleans. It could have been someone else that was trying to get up. New Orleans was trying to get into the top 10 to get the corner. But I think there was a point in this draft where New Orleans was looking at the quarterbacks and saying, maybe we should go get one. But it was too hard for them to go from 29, from 28, all the way up in there. And New England ends up with Mac Jones, a guy that, you know, was perfectly fit for what they do. So I think Fields for the Bears, listen, I think it's going to work out better than MVP, Mitch. I mean, the last time the Bears drafted a quarterback with this much uh, pomp and circumstance. Uh, listen, to draft him at 11, like you said, their quarterbacks have obviously been disappointing for a while. And even bringing in Dalton is like, okay, whatever. But Fields, like you said, they're going to try to hit a home run here. Hope he can be that great quarterback they've been waiting for for a while. Parsons, as a linebacker for Dallas, their defense was a huge disappointment a season ago. They're obviously hoping that improves. You mentioned Horn there, the Panthers. I mean, the son of the Saints legend, Joe Horn, that will help that defensive backfield. Sertan, obviously his father, obviously a great player as well. So all this kind of makes sense. And then it gets to Mac Jones at 15. By the way, Rashawn Slater goes to the Chargers. Uh, Alicia Vera Tucker, the Jets. Okay, fine. Then the Pats get Mac Jones. Back to your earlier point, Mike. So the Patriots got the guy who they wanted, didn't have to do a whole lot to get him. Similarly, you know, in the 49ers, they had to make moves to get the guy they wanted in Trey Lance. Now, Bill Belichick came out very clearly and said, listen, Cam is our starter, but if things change, then, you know, obviously Mac is going to get a chance. How soon do you think before Mac Jones gets the chance to be the starter with the Patriots? Is it a year? Is it right away? What do you think? I think it's a year. I think, look, they're going to they're gonna coach the shit out of him, right? They're going to get him in there. He's going to be smart as hell. Look, to, here's what you have to do to play quarterback for the Patriots. You have to have great intelligence, great intelligence. You have to have really great anticipation with the football, and you got to be deadly accurate. Those are the things, those are the three things that Mac Jones does. Now, Mac Jones can't run the power out of shotgun. Mac Jones isn't going to run the quarterback sweep. So they're going to be two different offenses here. There's going to be, but they're going to be the same passing game. This is what I think people disconnect a little bit here. The passing game will be the same for Cam and it'll be the same for Mac Jones. The running game, the position of being able to count for the quarterback in the running game will be somewhat different. But I think Mac Jones will take a red shirt year. You know, he's going to have to prove it. One thing Belichick is not going to do, he's not going to give anybody a job whether he picks them 15th or he picks them 1500th. They're going to have to earn it. And Mac Jones is going to have to go in there and earn it. And I think it'll be a great quarterback room for them. I think they have great competition in the room. And we'll see what he can do. And they'll get a chance to really develop him and allow him to work uh, work on his craft and, and, and really get him ready to play. I think one thing I would say is, they need to show give once they get Mac Jones in that building. I think they need to you know it's really get it on a Google Map or on a uh, on a spreadsheet or something and give him directions to the weight room because I promise you that body will change. It's today is April the thirtieth. I promise you by April the thirtieth next year, Mac Jones will look like a different human being. That body will change because they're going to change that body. 
Interesting. Body composition, always a key. Uh, listen, it's either be Jared Stidham or Mack at some point, but right now Cam Newton is a starter. One other thought here on the Bears. The last first-team All-Pro quarterback was Johnny Lujak back in 1950. He threw four touchdowns and 21 interceptions that season. That's how long it's been since the Bears had a first-team All-Pro. It's been an awfully long time. All right, that was the first half of the draft, 1-15. We'll come back and talk about the second half of the first round. Again, surprises, things we liked, things we were surprised by, all that more coming up. All right, surprises now, Mike. So you got Quiddy Pay, number 21 to the Indianapolis Colts. His family fled Liberia due to civil war. Mother gave birth to him in Guinea. Great size, quickness. Didn't have the most productive year at Michigan. Game-changing ability. Could take some time to develop. This is now, again, the second half of the first round. The Colts picking him at 21. Uh, prior to that, by the way, Zayvon Collins to Arizona, Alex Leatherwood to Vegas, Jalen Phillips to Miami, Jermaine Davis to Washington, and some raised eyebrows, Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver out of Florida, he goes to the Giants. Your thoughts on any of those? You know, I really thought Kadarius Toney's a good player. I think the Giants had a great day. I mean, they get a first-round pick next year. They still get a really good receiver that they wanted. They didn't get the defensive player that they they probably would have liked to have, but this is not a really good defensive board. It's really not a good defensive board. So, you know, they get away with that. I, I felt like, look, everybody feels like, you know, when you go through this, Leatherwood, the tackle guard from Alabama, he's going to play right tackle for the Raiders. I thought that was a little bit of a reach, but it depends on where they, you know, they they liked him. You know, he's sitting there. Uh, you know, a lot of people like the Jenkins kid from Oklahoma State, you know, Erkenberg from Notre Dame. They liked him. They needed an offensive lineman. They picked him. We'll see how that works out. You know, I think they'll do a good job. Tom Cable will do a good job of coaching them. So it should be. I love the ATN pick. I know it's not really popular to pick running backs in the first round. People say, well, it's a, it's a dying position in the first round. However, this draft is really so lean on talent, especially on the defensive side of the board. I'd rather take a really good player I know than try to take somebody that that I'm trying to develop. I want to take a good player who's good. I don't want to take a player who we have to make good. That's what it comes down to. So I love the Najee Harris pick, and I love the ATN pick. Even though I don't love the positions to pick in the first round, I love those picks. Yeah, we were talking about yesterday, Mike, how many running backs are going to get drafted? We said, okay, at least one, maybe two. So Najee Harris to the Steelers, they could have gone in a bunch of different directions, maybe an offensive lineman to help out Big Ben, but they had a need there with Harris. I mean, this is a running back slash wide receiver. Some comparisons to Le'Veon Bell, Matt Forte. Steelers' run game was terrible a season ago. So Najee Harris, obviously, again, fills a need. And for ETN, I mean, listen, Urban Meyer and the Jags, they select this guy. He had 78 touchdowns, over 6,100 total yards during his time at Clemson. Now he's in the backfield with James Robinson. He led all rookie running backs over 1,000 yards rushing in 2020. So, again, you're filling needs there. The Steelers with Harris and ETN there. How about Caleb Farley? You mentioned the defense you weren't crazy about in this draft. 6'2", 197, the cornerback goes number 22 of the Titans. Probably could have gone higher, but there's been questions about his health. Once he's up to speed, though, maybe he helps out again the need with a Dory Jackson's departure from free agency. Well, look, I think this, you know, I think Caleb Farley's a really talented player, no doubt. I think it all comes down to the medical. And if they had him medically fine, then you just go on with life. You know, you say that's it. Uh, because that you know, you're going to get a good player. Now, a lot of people didn't have him pass in medical, and I think that's the risk you take. So, but they got a legitimately a legitimate corner. If he's healthy, you know, he could easily have gone in the top 10. So they got a player. We'll see if he can hold up. I mean, it's always the question mark. I don't know the medical to really judge it, but I do know they got a really good corner. 
Another uh, 6'5", 257, Jason Away, number 31 of the Baltimore Ravens, ranked one of the most impressive athletes, but the Ravens taking a bit of a leap of faith on him. Didn't have a single sack in 2020, but had a lot of pressures. This guy runs a 437-second, 40-yard dash. Thoughts on Oway? Was that a reach, Mike, or is that a movie you say, Baltimore, you know what? They're taking a chance in a guy with potential late in the first round. Uh, well, I think that goes back to the argument that you that I was trying to make earlier. You take a good player, you hope to, you, you, the good player that's good, or you're going to take a, a player to make good. I think that's what the, you're trying to project this guy forward, and he has all the skills to project him forward. And I think that's what you saw, especially the run on defensive players at the end of the first round. I mean, the, the over-under on defensive players was 14 and a half, or 14, and it just hit at 14. I mean, we got... Peyton Turner, who was a little bit of a reach for New Orleans. I mean, here's a young guy that reminds you of Marcus Davenport's got some skill. He's going to take some time. Stokes, the corner from Georgia. A lot of people had him as a medical on their board. The Packers take him. I mean, the Packers, how about just sticking your thumb at, at, at Aaron Rodgers? Nine of the last 10 drafts in the first round, they've taken defensive players and a quarterback in the other one. Jeez. I mean, think about it. Think about it. I mean, it's just like, fuck you, Aaron. We're taking another corner. Like how many, like Big Daddy Vince. Our, I mean, he, he he's over the house, right? You know, and he says to me yesterday, he says, what do you think LaFuck's going to do? And I said, I, I think they'll probably take an offensive tackle. No, nah, they'll take a fucking corner. They can't help themselves. That's a big dad. That's his commentary. Now, of course, he's got other commentary. You know, one thing about Big Daddy, he can handle the political field and he can handle the Packers. He can do both. He, he, and he can also build my outdoor kitchen. So he can do all three things. I mean, he's got all three things cooking. He, you know, he's like that short order cook. Your pancakes, eggs, you know, a corned beef hash. I got it all, baby. You know? Uh, and so, uh, and so, uh, I, so then, you know, I tell him, I, so then I text him, I said, well, you just, you know, he was in bed when the Packers made their pick. I text him, you took another corner and he's like, no, we took another fucking corner. So, I mean, they take Stokes who's injured, right? Who's injured. And then Buffalo t needed a pass rusher. But look, at the end of the draft, one, two, three, four, five defensive players went at the bottom of the first round. Typically, that's usually the spot where offensive and deep, offensive linemen corners go or receivers. And that's what they did. So, you know, look, we'll see. It's all how they play at this point. One thing I know about this draft is once we got past, once you got past a certain point in this draft, let's say once you got past Sewell, everybody after that, it really is going to be, I think, you know, Slater's, an ex he's a good player. Tucker's a good player. Parsons, you know, the quarterbacks take them out. But but I think once you got past that, everything else, everything else is a lot of potential starters in the draft. And we'll see how they develop and how they play. And that's really what's going to make the draft. Yeah, you look at the Baltimore Ravens, for example, at number 27, they took Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. So he's been flying up recent boards. He's got size, speed combination, gives Lamar Jackson an outside target. They've tried with Perriman, Des Bryant to give him that option, has had limited success. So I agree with you, especially later towards the end. You go, okay, listen, teams are just trying to fill needs. The Bills have a really good defense, but they're going to draft Gregory Russo, the defensive end of Miami, try to bolster that defense even further. That's where you're taking a bit of a chance and a bit of a risk because why not you just you've certain seen things and you're trying to project a certain way in, in terms of history being made it did happen Thursday at tying the mark most offensive skill players selected to start a draft since the beginning of the common draft era in 1967 like it was offense was the theme of the day and Kyle Pitts by the way made history highest selected tight end in league history at number four overall so offense rules the draft once again rounds two through seven by the way we are going to break down uh, that's going to be coming to you on Monday morning, our uh, GM shuffle. And, of course, the draft is taking place on Saturday. Any ideas, uh, Mike, what to expect rounds two through seven? Well, I think, you know, Elijah Moore will be a hot guy tonight. 
I think he I think he's a guy that a lot of people thought was going to go in the first round. So I see him coming off the board fairly quickly. When you look at this, uh, you know, I don't know where Barrymore from Alabama will go off the board fairly quickly. Uh, the safeties can probably start coming off the board. And then, you know, Jenkins from Oklahoma State. I think those are the guys. I think you'll see it. The Fairmouth kid from Penn State. But now it's just like I said earlier. Now it's going to be a lot of guys that you know are potential starters that you're going to take. I think Davis Mills could be the sixth quarterback pick. I hear a lot of people like him, so I think he'll go somewhere in the second round. Uh, and by the way, Roger Goodell's basement chair from the 2020 draft randomly showed up in the 2021 draft stage. So I remember a year ago we kept talking about Bill Belichick's dog and you know just uh, seeing the palatial estate of Cliff Kingsbury. It was just nice to see uh, Roger Goodell actually there in person and guys in person. Although Goodell brought back the chair for some reason, that's interesting. Yeah, I never got the chair. I didn't. I didn't understand. It. I didn't understand the whole chair and the whole advertisement. But look, here's what I would say: these ratings were going to be through the roof. Oh. And they're going to be, and they're, and and I know this is going to pain you to say, but they're going to be way better than the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, the Oscars ratings, unfortunately, were down this year. I think it was around ten million overall. Down, NFL draft down. Year. I think they were they were under ten million. That that's not down. That's off the cliff. Yeah. Well, it was. Listen, the awards ratings have been down for everything. Golden Globes were down sixty percent. The Grammys were down forty percent. So award shows in general have been going down, and movie theaters being shuttered obviously hurt everything. But. Yeah, NFL draft viewing Saturday, rounds two through seven. It's going to be a blast, and we'll be breaking it down for you. GM Shuffle coming up on Monday. Thanks for checking us out, and subscribe, rate, review. Check out Mike on Twitter and IG, at MLombardiNFL. You can check me out at Adnan S. Happy draft, everybody. <laughs>